Hello. Welcome. Hannah, I feel like we've been talking all day. Yes. But, it's, <laughs> but it just seems longer because it was about wrestling the entire time. That extends yeah. dilates time by a considerable length. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what I've what I've decided to start doing, and I don't know if I don't know if I'm consistent with it, but when it comes to starting a new episode of Evolving with Corey Castle, EWCK for short, uh, what I've decided to start doing is I'm not gonna like go like, hey, this person's this, and welcome this person. I'm like, they can read on the description who it is, and they can see in the name of the episode that that's who it is. So. I just want to say before anything else, thanks for doing this. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. And how yeah, much thank I, you for having me. How much I appreciate that uh, you've given me the currency of your effort and your time. And it's, and then also the fact that you decided to sit in on an episode of the wrestling podcast. So this is just a flow over from that for anybody who's who's this is you coming into it. It's this is the overflow from our episode that we just did of Rassel Rock. Hannah Harkness, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. So, uh, now I wanted to to understand. I mean, definitely, definitely, I'm not going to jump into like this is this is what every episode of any podcast is ever like when they go. So I just start. Well, tell, <laughs> tell me your origin stories. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not really how I like to operate, but mm-hmm. we do have a we have a. We crossed paths at some point mm-hmm. and would like to see where in your journey you were at that point when we crossed paths. It because was, I, yeah, we did. Yeah. Cause I remember um, mm-hmm. it was the twilight years of uh, the best comedy open mic that has ever existed. Comedy is liberty. Um, but you did go up during the Trocadero, like the, the Trocadero era of that mic was, lasted for about two and a half years before that it was like approximately five years at bourbon and branch and before that it was liberties um so yeah you met me at the, the tail end of a, a fucking era that was just the, one of the wildest things i've ever done with eight years of my life new jack used to do stand up on year two like one mm-hmm. he'd just show up to this weird open like we had in northern liberties and just like do bits it's just, and it never stopped being that weird. So good. I'm really glad that you got to be there for the end of that that whole fucking journey because it's it, it's very special to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't remember particularly liking my stuff that I was doing at that time, but I mean, I think I think I did it twice. Mm-hmm. So the first time I thought I was all right, but the second time when I went back, I had hit somebody's pen like right before I got on stage and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe never the best idea that I think that night at the Trocadero was when I learned don't, don't do anything before you do comedy, like stay, stay. Yeah. Well, sober. comedy is Liberty is a learning mic. I mean, right. I'm not sure if you noticed, but it wasn't necessarily where the cool kids hung out. It was right. where you'd get some random freak from Allentown rolling in and pretending to hang himself with the mic cord. It's where I had a guy bring an a, a entire 
analog clock on a leash like it was a pet and drag it all the way up the steps and like ask us if he thought like we thought time was real we had a guy just go up and for five minutes do a whole diatribe about fucking cheesesteaks and like how to select <laughs> a good one to fuck you and know, I was like, russell <laughs> russell had a whole a whole gimmick yeah. When he, when he did the whole thing, when he's like, you've got an ugly dick. You've got an yeah. ugly dick. You've got an ugly dick. We used to, he fell during that. We yes. got injured doing yes. that bit at our yeah. mic once. Was that, yeah, you he, were there for that. You I was there for that. When he fell through the table. Yeah. Oh my God. We've had so many people get injured at comedy delivery. It's so stupid. Like my, I've, I've had the most special thing in the world and now it's gone and it bothers me. And I'm not going to host a mic in New York because it's not even going to be close to the same. It's just like, it, it, it happened and then it ended and it was just so beautiful and weird and fucked up like the the few the few mics that i've done in new york i haven't done a ton but i've done mm -hmm. a good amount and it's like it's like there's some like magic missing that yes that there that there seemed to be in philly that doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be in new york it's like new york mm -hmm. is like everybody's like everybody's trying to do something and and mm -hmm. it seems like their their intention sort of gets in the way of the the like being funny part like can i tell you what a major difference is between the two scenes that a lot of people don't think about philly doesn't have rich people doing stand up mm -hmm. philly does not have rich people doing stand up new york shitloads of rich people doing stand up and it and it makes things very different you know when philly has a lot of just legitimately demoralized people that have just been super humbled by life so there's a lot of bullshit that just isn't there and there's also a lot less like disconnect like the magic is because we're all like huddled in fucking raven lounge having a, like, right. a fucking traumatizing time just because we're in raven lounge and, like we're just kind of it's it's 1 a.m on a thursday, thursday. i got work tomorrow yeah, nobody knows why you're there, but you just keep going, and <laughs> right. you're just, like, soaking that in, but, you know, and, like, and that definitely happens in New York, but it's just a completely different, like, and it's also, the other thing with Philly is that you, if you want to do likes in Philly, you got to commit to seeing these people, like, every fucking day, potentially a couple of times a day, mm. and hearing all of their material, you're New York, you could do open mics in a different part of town, not see any of these people for weeks. You can fuck somebody in Hell's Kitchen and do mics in Brooklyn for the rest of your life and never fucking see him. Philly, no, you're you're trapped. You're locked in. Anything you said in Philly Comedy Network would come back and hurt you and just smoking <laughs> outside later. Yeah. Every single day. No, it, it's just, it's a fucking cage. And only the strong survive. And it forces you to write because people are sick of your shit in like three yeah. weeks. Because yeah, they so, see they see it every day. In York, yeah, in New York, they, you can get away with holding the same five minutes for years because you're just not in the same place as that right, much. No one and else is people seeing are setting apart. No, Philly, it's not even that they're seeing your shit. They're not going to like you if you keep doing that. They're going to start talking shit. You're going to be able to hear it. You know, like what I like. What I like about what I like about it is seeing the evolution of somebody's skills. Yes, seeing the evolution of somebody's art, somebody's mm -hmm. craft. The craft of this, like inception of the mm -hmm. the concept, and then to see where it expands on and where the, the tags get in, and like yeah, seeing the finish, cool. yeah, for sure. yeah, and you get to be there from start to finish if you're always doing stand up with the same people. Like I, there are a lot of people that like started at Comedy's Liberty because they could get on the list. 
Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we had good shows. Like, there was a few comedies already that were, like, more old, like, fucking painful shit. But we also, we most of the time had good people show up, but it was just good people that weren't playing the politicking game and couldn't get up on the fucking list. Like, right. they couldn't get put up before 1 a.m. because people don't know who they are. But, right. like, and or they're just, like, yeah, just because they're from another part of Pennsylvania. Like, yeah. people would drive in from PA and Jersey to do a comedy celebrity a lot. Yeah, um, I, I just, I for sure disliked uh waiting to get on till after mm -hmm. midnight and i'd be mm -hmm. like i i want to be supportive of all these other people and mm -hmm. uh i just want the people running this to be supportive of me mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah especially because you have to see them every fucking day so things that even seem like a little slight like if you're just in a bad mood and you feel like this guy hasn't been putting you on the list for however many weeks right. eventually you're gonna say something about it because you can't fucking stop seeing it you have to or see they it every just day. don't put like, you on the list at or all they just don't yeah right. exactly and you just and go home you like deflated yeah. Yeah, it's, you just like waste a whole night, and then you have to get on fucking SEPTA if you if you don't have a car. Like, well, then you had to pay for yeah. gas and parking if you didn't yeah, get on. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah, gas and parking on Sansom Street. Fuck that. Like mm -hmm. both both Raven and Fergie's, they seem to just be like anti-parking. Like mm -hmm. you just no, you walk up this shitty alley, or you don't get your five minutes, bitch. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that stage time in, bro. Was, Fer was Fergie's ever not under construction? I feel like I've maybe been to Fergie's, but there was like one, two year, maybe when it was still tight six, which he would have predated you by a lot. I, I um, think I think but, I was only there like twice, but yeah, uh, I mean, I tight it, six it, was the one that Aaron Nevins used to run before he started Good Good. Like okay. that's how old tight six was, but it was. It, but Fergie's has been Sundays for a really long time. I, I think. Um, Chris Hayes, I think he invited mm -hmm. me to one. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that? Do you know who that guy is? Yeah, I know who Chris Hayes is. Okay, yeah. I think I think I got invited to go. I from haven't him seen him in a super long time. Yeah, yeah, I just like, I just still follow him on Instagram. He he posts funny stuff. He posts mm -hmm. funny stuff on on Instagram. I I wish I could plug his Instagram, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Look it up. Yeah, look it up, Chris Hayes. <laughs> you do you do the work. Don't make me keep doing it. Oh, I remember Chris Hayes from yeah, there's all these there's all these fucking insane mics that would have predated you. Like Irish Times was a bar that got hit for tax evasion, so like it no longer exists. But that mic was like the Coliseum of hat comedy. It had no, this like um, weird like, I'm I'm familiar with it. I've, yeah, oh you remember. Uh, I, I'm okay. not I'm not um I'm not, I don't think I've ever been there i mean i started doing okay. open mics in 2008 oh so, okay so, all right yeah uh, 2007 2008 so i got into like the raven when the raven lounge oh, first started like okay. with See, with, fo not, with foley you know, and cotton i'm fucking out of it it was just because mm -hmm. the break of time i was doing open mics i don't i never remembered seeing you until you were doing my mic but maybe right. it's because i have an object permanency problem well, well also you I were back and forth in new york true like, yeah so, I think, I mean, you, you came and in I, from New York to do Comedy's Liberty. So, yeah, well, at the end of it, I did. But before mm -hmm. that, I was in Philly like 10 years. But I was also like right. doing a lot of shit in the burlesque scene and opening for Rocky Horror, doing a lot of shit just outside the normal comedy well, like, too. So, like with uh, well, like Fenris, those kind of burlesque. Those... I did those. Yeah, I did uh, those. I did the Illuminati shows. Uh, mm -hmm. Fenris was one of the people who booked me and Steve Miller Miller's uh, Truth 9 11 Truth or Elvis and Dolly Parton Act, which you... is. <laughs> Fedris booked it, Illuminati booked it, and then uh, Black Friday Comedy Marathon has banned us. Um, yeah. They no longer. 
<laughs> why why did they book why did they ban you because steve told them that it was gonna have like a full band and shit when he didn't even send them any tech at all so he was just playing the backing karaoke track <laughs> on his cell phone it was me and him doing nothing but elvis and dolly parton parody songs about 9-11 conspiracy theories and they gave us uh, a nine o'clock spot on saturday during black friday comedy marathon and it's just me and steve dressed as dolly parton singing 9-11 <laughs> conspiracy and it was for the it was for like 15 minutes and the, i think that uh the, the lore behind the fallout from that's all over the place. I think, that, like, what I've heard is that Steve is banned and not me because I was just in it. Um, and that, like, the person that I heard somewhere, I don't know if this is true, I heard somewhere that the person that let it go on that long without giving us the improv blackout got fired. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if that's, that's true. Sounds like it tracks. I mean, <laughs> it was the most aggressively split audience I've ever seen. But Glenna was there, and she sounded like she was going to die. She was laughing so hard. Uh, like I've told the story on here before, mm -hmm. but uh, I had a mic. I had a mic around here that I was hosting. Uh, it was in Levittown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and uh, Fenris came and did the mic, and he was you know he was mm -hmm. playing his ukulele, and some drunk girl came up on stage went up through his cargo shorts mm -hmm. and cut his underwear with scissors and pulled them out. Like he didn't know her. Wow. He, he didn't know her, but I love me some out outside PA gigs. Honestly, and, and, I, I think about going back to just do some fucking bullshit in Lancaster and get a good story. Or Lancaster. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, um, Chris Freed's mic, uh, in like two weeks. And, nice. uh, in uh, Allentown, I've never never done comedy in Allentown before. Man, so. every single person that came to Comedy's Liberty from Allentown was a fucking shit show, and it was part of the ambiance. Like that's why I loved Comedy as Liberty. There was this, yo, know, there was this one dude that came down that looked like John Davis and just did this bit where he was like, like I, I references or pretending to hang himself with a mic cord. And I, I know somebody who's friends with John Davis. So I took a picture and I was like, I texted him. I'm like, yo, can you tell John to pick up his son? He looks like he's about to kill himself. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, we got like Allentown people. We occasionally get Allentown comics and like Kensington comics that were like clearly nodding out at the mic and shit. And it's just like, fucking wild <laughs> I think I think what's what's cool about us you and I mm -hmm. is that we both we both stay on the very niche fringe of like being pro wrestling fans mm -hmm. and being comedy fans so like mm -hmm. being a nerd for those things are are not something you run into every day like I don't I don't go to my job and see other people who are big wrestling fans or big mm -hmm. comedy fans or no uh, even even people most people don't even know what podcasts are yeah no it's wild and it is wild how important people think they are within each subculture even though like and I, now that i'm bouncing back and forth between indie wrestling and stand-up comedy it's like stand-up comedy there's some people like oh you don't want to piss him off he's so important and then you go to wrestling and nobody knows who that person is but there's some other guy that's also a problem that you're mm -hmm. supposed to be afraid of. And it's just like, this is all, you made this shit up. You know, this is important. Like normal people on the street, no three well, stand up comics. I don't, I don't have, I don't have people in wrestling that I've ever been told to, that I have to be afraid of. 
but mm-hmm. maybe that's because I'm in the ring. <laughs> maybe because I've spent my or life... a man. <laughs> well, 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 <laughs> or that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, let me recognize my privilege there. Um, I, I do acknowledge that, uh, <laughs> but I I do want to I do want to maybe maybe be um, I want I want to be a little proud here for a second and say like my body of work, my body of work that I've put my life in this business in the ring, taking bumps and risking my life and sacrificing mm-hmm. my social life for twenty years has something to do with the fact that like people respect me and I don't mm-hmm. have to, and I don't have to be afraid of people. That's awesome. So that, I mean, while, while I very much acknowledge mm-hmm. what you said, that makes yeah. total sense. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to definitely say that me as a performer, me as Corey Castle, the name there carries some weight in That's the awesome. wrestling business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so also, <laughs> I carry weight and shit posting on wrestling Twitter. Every, you know what? Uh, every fucking indie show that I've live tweeted is trended nationally, and there's only a certain amount of time before I stop acting like that's an accident. Uh. <laughs> I invest in what I do, <laughs> even though it's incredibly fucking stupid. <laughs> it, you know, once again, it goes back to how how very specific. How very specific mm-hmm. what it is you're doing is, and how d- don't 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 minimalize it. Don't min- absolutely take the credit. You deserve it. It's mm-hmm. so you found it. You I found a. <laughs> you deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just alone just, in my room with a beer. <laughs> <laughs> take it as the compliment that it is. Yeah, I like, need to. Yeah, I spent that. You know what I was just saying on Casey. Salengo's podcast, Casey James Salengo's podcast. Uh, I was like, say, like I would say, the main difference between stand up and wrestling is is that in wrestling you at least pretend to have self confidence. A lot more wrestlers have self confidence than comedians. By comedy, people want you to go up there and fucking hang yourself. That's what Casey said. It's right? like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know, and that's the thing. Well, I think, I think that the major difference, and I think. Do you know uh, Casey Koflick? Casey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to do my mic too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think we've talked before about how it's like the this the 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 consequences are so different. The mm-hmm. the like I'm not I'm not as nervous about this because like I've had I have I've had to go out and take my clothes off in front of a mm-hmm. bunch of people and get hit if I screw something, like get hit harder if I screw something up or get mm-hmm. hit with a chair if I screw something up. Or like when I, when I first started, um, it was one of the cage of death matches, cage of death shows, not, not the match, mm-hmm. but it was like the opening match on the show. And it was, they, they did a, a May that can idol was, it was two rings. Mm-hmm. Was it cage of death five? No cage of death. I, I don't remember which one it was, but, um, Zandy came up to me and was like, Hey, uh, if you go out there and you fuck anything up, the Hey Club's music's going to hit and they're going to come kill you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, no Great. pressure. No Great. pressure. No I got- pressure at all. No pressure at all. <laughs> I was like, well, All right. So that's kind of how I feel like Philly comedy versus comedy virtually anywhere else is such a hostile situation. Like, I've been in so many, like, I. When I talk to people who started comedy in the Midwest and I just start telling them stories about, like, how people get fights 
in the audience in Philly and get dragged out and shit. And they're just like, Ooh. like, because New York, it's not, you're not just talking to New York people. You're talking to everybody that moved from everywhere the fuck else. We're so, just like, visiting. Yeah. We're just visiting. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, you realize the further Philadelphia fades into the rear view, the more it looks like some fucked up grindhouse movie. Like you don't realize because <laughs> you think it's getting softer. Like if somebody's been in real life, you think it's getting softer, but then you go outside of it and you're like, Oh no, no, this is still fucked up. Right. Shit. <laughs> like, I think, I think the, I think the, um, the, like the survivalist nature of like Philly people, like yes. not just, yeah. not just like the performers in Philly, but mm-hmm. like anybody who's like, I think I had a, I had a friend of mine who worked uh, FEMA during Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina, and somebody was like, uh, "It's really dangerous here. Like, there's a lot of a lot of bad stuff going on here on the streets." And the guy was like, "Where are you from?" And he said, "Philly." And he was like, "Oh, never mind. Don't worry about it." <laughs> I had a friend say that when she was looking for an apartment somewhere here, she was talking to a realtor and they're just like, well, you know, you might want to check out like Greenpoint, Williamsburg or something. And she goes, I'm from Philly. And they go, Oh, never mind. Like here, you can move to this, that, the other place. Like you'll be fine. <laughs> right, right, right. So what, um, were you, I, I saw you said something. You were a wall comedian. Are you? Have you not done any comedy since? I haven't done stand up since the pandemic started. No, um, I wandered off. I it's because the movie thing happened, and then it's like this other project landed in my lap. But it was also just like I was already the last stand up show I did. It was in February, and I was it was a wrestling themed comedy show it was uh fucking malcolm bivens was on it he was doing stand-up on it um and so was randy orton's brother nathan which if you haven't watched his stand-up shit's fucking amazing um have you ever seen him around or he does this whole he does a lot of material about being randy orton's skinny brother that does stand-up um, and that's all you need to hear. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's a, that's a that's a that's a very like large shadow to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, in. he he told this I mean, when he did that gig. He told this story about like when Brock Lesnar was at the house and his mom made Brock Lesnar this like cartoon stack of pancakes and he got like one pancake and he just like <laughs> <laughs> like but uh, yeah I'm get, uh, getting away from shit but it was like people that were comedians that were wrestling fans or other there was like three people from WrestleMania on it and I was doing a whole bunch of shit about how I was probably quitting comedy from wrestling and then the pandemic hit and I ended up only having wrestling related shit to do in addition to having the same like weird nervous breakdown everybody else is having but mm-hmm. were it not for the pandemic we wouldn't be making the brooklyn battle comedy movie so <laughs> well i think i've always wanted to do comedy that had to do with wrestling but i mm-hmm. feel like well like I, I i apply this to wrestling i apply this to to my matches i go a good amount of the people who are here to watch this have never seen live wrestling before a good amount mm-hmm. of the people that are here this is their first time seeing it and there's probably people who are skeptics and don't want anything to do with it mm-hmm. so i have to i have to give them the best match the most hard hitting match the most like well put together psychology wise match mm-hmm. that they're gonna see on this show so that so that they'll be like well i know some of those matches were bullshit but like that one that that guy that castle guy mm, it was good um because it says castle on my on my butt. Mm-hmm. 
So that's why that's why they would know. But nice uh, writings on the tush. Writings right on the tush. Right on the tush. <laughs> <laughs> so so I go, I go um, in my in, in my comedy. I go. I want to be as much like a comedian as possible. So mm -hmm. if I talk about wrestling too much, these people who aren't wrestling fans and don't know anything about it, mm -hmm. it'll be too specific, too yeah, niche. Right the fuck out. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, though, but like, and that's why that wrestling comedy show, like, it's fun if you can get those kinds of shows going right. because then you could do weirdo material. And right. like, I'm kind of used to that. I actually did comedy and MC work for a Doctor Who convention for four years. And oh. it was on the basis of like the guy I knew that was booking the entertainment for that knew me and was like, can you do like, a 30 minute stand up set with a lot of Doctor Who jokes in it. And I'm like, it's 50 years of source material. I can certainly try. All of this is going to be completely untested at mice. And we're just going to have to see how the fuck it goes. Right. Well, <laughs> like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm really close friends with Noah Houlihan. Do you know Noah? Oh, yeah. No, I've known okay. Noah's booked me on stuff for years. Okay. okay um, yeah. No, Noah's, yeah. Noah is a really he's good friend. Lovely. Of mine. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I work with him. He still, he wants to, uh, Scott Halliday has challenged him for Calvary. So that will happen at some point <laughs> <laughs> so so noah's taken me to some conventions that he's performed at so i've seen the very specific oh like, yeah uh, the very nerdcore comedy is a whole thing they have he's like so good he's so mm -hmm. good at it mm -hmm. he knows mm -hmm. exactly he's like he i've seen him like talk to other comedians about it he's like oh if you're talking about like jerking off these kids are like 16 they're mm -hmm. ashamed of jerking off so don't maybe just try to stay away from that like the, mm -hmm. a lot a lot of a lot of the like he he's like in the mind of yes. the fans no he gets it i've gotten yeah. in trouble for cursing on his podcast before and i feel really bad about god there was one episode of plus two where i was like so um, way too high to be there and i was not <laughs> i kept fucking up every five seconds i feel so bad about that day but he still keeps he seems to not hate so <laughs> he challenged well i don't know challenging drunk their cat well that might be that might be <laughs> I, dude, I love I love resources on things. Mm -hmm. So the fact that like Katie tagged me in a post that you posted, mm -hmm. and I met Katie at Noah's Plus Two Comedy. Yep, because she probably uh, did his, the fan fiction thing, right? Yeah, at his yeah. at his podcast. That's where I met her mm -hmm. years ago. So this oh, is, when it was like, at Jester's. Yeah, it was like in a comic book uh, store. Yeah, yeah, Jester's yeah. Uh, something something. But yeah, I did that. I did that twice. I did a fan fiction competition there once, and then I did the actual podcast taping once. So that that's how she knows you, and uh -huh. that's how she knows me. Well, so I don't know if I, I haven't all... been with about like on. I haven't really been in touch with her until like wrestling court. I, I maybe like it was just ships passing in the night, but mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I haven't. I met Katie through wrestling Twitter. But very, very, very much the full circle yeah. of the of the of the resources, the resources mm -hmm. that connect things the like some of the some of the people that we know, there's some mutual people that we know that we don't know that we know the same mm -hmm. people in a yeah. lot of ways fascinates me on how you met this person and how I met the I, yeah. I look at that as ways of go like, how can I connect every single thing I do in a full circle where I yeah, go like, it's, oh, it's fucking this, wild. this guy, this guy acts in movies. Oh, you know, that guy who's acting in movies is also got a podcast. Well, we should listen mm -hmm. to his podcast. Did you know he's a wrestler? Let's check out his wrestling matches. Mm -hmm. Oh, he does. Oh, he's a he, he's a wrestler who also does stand up comedy. Well, mm -hmm. then like, stand up comedy, and then it, go, it, it goes all. I hope it yeah, all like serve. 
I hope that it all right serves the, everything else. Right around seven o'clock, you have to flip your wrist. Yeah, right, yeah, because because <laughs> I'm not as elastic as I once was, or as elastic as anyone yeah, else has ever been. Yeah, yeah, no, you haven't like broken your full rotator cuff recently. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? You know to live. <laughs> you you haven't lived unless you've broken your, your wrist really hard. Yeah, for a bit. Um, <laughs> That's real commitment. That's such commitment. Real, you have to commit to the Yeah, so, but nerdcore comedies don't like most of the place, first places to give me entire hour sets were like because I was a convention rat and worked in the comic book industry. I worked for Top Cow Comics for a while. Um, and I was started doing that when I was like 17. And at some point they found out I was doing stand up programming people. And they're just like, well, you want to do like an hour and panel room B? Like we have time. Um, and people seem to like you because they've been seeing you crash in random Marriott floors for however many years. Like you're, you're, you're a liked person in this group. <laughs> so that's how I did hour long sets of steampunk conventions. It was bizarre. <laughs> Would you forgive me if I walked away to go pee real quick? Oh yeah, totally. All right. I forgive. Well, uh, well, I forgive well, urine all the time. Well, well, fill in this time with whatever you feel like talking about. Okay. Or you know, if you want to Google the lyrics to a '90s pop song, go for it. I could do something like that. Be right back. I might. I might just riff. I don't know. All right. So Corey has gone to the bathroom which means that I don't really have much to do except possibly grab items from my room and point at them and explain them. Uh, we've already brought on the chief. This is from Monster Runner. Uh, another item. Uh, I have more stuffed animals because I, as I previously stated, am a giant child with a substance abuse problem. This is Chester. Chester I've had since fifth grade. He is in hard bark. And even when I was young, I still felt as though I needed to pick irreverent things to be special and interesting. So I doubled down and got this hard part. But honestly, from a child's perspective, this is pretty cool because you can, like, spoon it. It's off to me. Like, teddy bears, it's a whole mess. Like, when you even do, like, it's just, like, right here. Do you, like, hold it here? Do you put it on your arm? Like, what do you know? This is, uh, this animal underrated as a security stuffed animal has an ergonomic design you just go like right there it's great and it gives you all the practice you need to eventually be a big spoon which is actually a pretty useful skill set in dating even if you're a woman but men are starting to let people big spoon them more um lately because they've decided yes that i do feel secure and safe and when i do this and i feel confident enough in my masculinity that i can allow myself to be vulnerable in this way um and we all know that like if you're a big spoon um it is just rough on your arms and your ligaments and your tendons and everything. Your shit falls asleep, but you still want to be a good partner, right? So you just kind of soldier through it. Um, they do have some products online, like uh, there's like there's actually a, I've seen a cuddle mattress that has like an incest bulb. And Corey's back. Hi, Corey. How's it going? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to hear that. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll check it out. So, uh, do you do you also podcast? I I am a co-host on Russell's Plania, uh, which has 
had their production schedule kind of messed up by the pandemic. But um, in season two of that, uh, that that podcast was originally Rachel Millman and Pat Barbadoro, uh, and it was started as Rachel's a new wrestling fan, and Pat was going episode by episode explaining different wrestlers to her, and then <laughs> it um, it morphed into an interview podcast. And then Cap, who's a, an amazing stand-up comedian, moved on to bigger and better projects. So she she is one of the luckiest people in the world. Got to open for Patton Oswalt and then walk across the street in Baltimore and go to full gear. How cool is that? And she that's, got and she was on the floor level and got to pat Moxley on the back. How do you have, how do you live after that? That's that, the best day. That's like, rad. That's so rad. She's yeah. so cool. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fucking awesome. She did Comedy's Liberty. The the uh, Comedy's Liberty when Gritty had just dropped. Like, okay. yeah. Um, wow. But then, uh, yeah, Kath moved on to bigger and better projects, and Rachel basically hired like a dais of other co-hosts that kind of rotate. Um, and I was on a couple episodes. I did the the interview with uh, Worldwide, who was at AIW at the time. Um, Alex Keller, he's also a punk singer. Um, so I have that, and then I have uh, a project dropping on Nuclear Order Podcast Network soon called Kate's Bunker, which is, uh, are you familiar with Welcome to Night Vale at all? I've heard of it. I don't. Welcome to Night Vale is a fictional radio broadcast podcast. Yeah, when they're like, like, they do like a whole lot of like announcery things. And they do. They basically, yeah. the story of Night Vale, it's a serialized story podcast. Yeah, and it's I was going to it's very form, serial. Type, it's serialized. Yeah. It has characters and it's done in the form of a local radio host in a small town that's possessed by demons and all kinds of other Lovecraftian horror shit. Um, I've always wanted to do like a fake podcast like that. And then uh, this the nuclear order contacted me and said that they were interested like my rat and also just my friend Felicia was saying they were interested in me doing a project on there. They were trying to expand the programming. Um, I had this idea for a fake conspiracy theory podcast that was like pre-written all of the beefs. Art. All the conspiracy theories are not real. All the beats they have with like other podcast hosts and shit like that, and all their personal lives and all that shit's pre-written, not real, just straight satire. And it's just an insane person. Uh, it's a, it, the character is Kate, and she has gone completely off the rails, like politically, and is living in a bunker, and she's going through a messy divorce. My ex-wife's gonna be Chanel Ali. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's going through an insanely messy divorce and also like trying to start this conspiracy theory podcast, but like getting, uh, like fucking off topic and being a bad podcaster. Um, <laughs> so some insane person agreed to fucking produce and edit this, uh, which is just me coughing up like 20 page scripts. Like, yo, no, we're going to do this bullshit because you said yes when I pitched um and uh that should we're gonna start recording relatively soon but i don't have a drop date yet cool mm -hmm. very very cool you know what's 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 super cool is like having once again let let me tell you how it's it's really cool that um i we now have each other as a resource and i want to yeah. offer i want to offer to you if you ever need anything if you need, need to even if you just need a friend you need to talk let me be that Hell resource yeah. for you like it's, it's been so cool hanging with you. What mm -hmm. I like about this podcast and the fact that it's not like scripted or anything, which, yeah. I mean, most podcasts are not supposed to be scripted. Right. I'm going, I'm doing something unbelievably. It's a very tall task. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, also just kind of a tantrum. Like, I'm like, we have a fake Joe Rogan Toho that's on there. That's, <laughs> it's just like, I am being dead. But continue. But, but, uh, I, I had a I had a, a a fun idea for a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's something that I think it's something that I think I don't really want to invest too much time in it if it's like gonna just fall away. Mm-hmm. But uh, you you know Zach Amico? Yeah, we're friends. We've been friends for a long time. Okay, no, yeah. he has the midnight sp- uh, spook show mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I've been guest. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of want to do the, the idea of the watch along gimmick, mm-hmm. but not stealing it from Zach, but I'm saying to do alternate, alternate universe commentary, you know, like there was always director's commentary, Oh yeah, no, I, I get so, what you're but have it yeah. be like, have it be like, have it be like somebody who's just lying. They were like, Oh, they said that somebody else yeah. directed this. But they only oh said that because no, they were scared. No, that's, funny. that's like what me and my mom, my, me and my mom used to do this shit whenever we went to the zoo, where we'd like make up shit that's fake about the animals next right. to people standing up. That's we're just like, oh, what's this? Thing? Yeah, we've heard that these are called Gibbons monkeys because a professor named Gibbons used to uh, study them living in a hole and eating his own vomit for several months. Oh yeah, and people would nod along. With them. Oh, yeah, that's like, <laughs> what do you? You should work here at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, you guys zoologists, you see Rowan? So, thinking it would be like, oh, see that ex, see that guy who's an extra right there, that background mm-hmm. actor? We're like, mm-hmm. he's an oversharer. He told everybody the kind of porn that he likes to watch. Oh, Nobody man. asked him to. Like, oh, just my a God. Bunch of, like, a bunch of random. Yeah, it's shit that doesn't make it. Oh, you know, just like make up like fucking uh, beats between actors and like. Right. Oh, man. I was thinking about doing one and be like, uh, mm-hmm. watch it, doing a Billy Madison watch along. Yeah. And being like, listen, they said it was directed by a lady, but that's like, they had to do it. And then like have the guy lying mm-hmm. like he really directed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that, that's, <laughs> that's funny as shit. No, we should. Totally do that. <laughs> what what other podcasts do you listen to? Anything cool? Uh, I listen to Jessa Reed's uh, Awakening OD podcast, which is some fun, like weirdo hippie shit that I love. Uh, I also I was listening to Armantown until it was done. Um, I uh, I'm a Radio Lab person. I feel, I'm like kind of less on comedy podcasts than a lot. Uh, like usually if I'm listening to a podcast, it's something more serious. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of conspiracy theory podcasts because I need dirt to make fun of. And it's, I got to tell you, right. It, 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 if you do your, your pro- the project that you were talking about, writing fake beeps between people is the funniest shit in the world. <laughs> like just making up reasons why people are mad at each other. I have an entire episode of, Kate's bunker that's going to be us feuding with a baseball podcaster for no reason. Like <laughs> it's just like Steve's like after playing Toho that's just like mad at him for like gambling related reasons, and then he's just like sending all his fans to attack him. Um, it's it's the fucking best, definitely. <laughs> but uh, I yeah I, I don't listen like if I listen to podcasts, it's a lot of like weirdo hippie shit. I like Dumb Trussell Fun Hour. So. So, 
I, I say this about tons of performers, uh, and 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 you you've got to know that it's true. Mm-hmm. We all have like a like a, a look at me hole that was caused by some type of damage, some sort of trauma. Mm-hmm. What's your damage? Ooh, what's my damage? Which one? I have so many. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm fine with you sharing as many of them as you'd like. Man, there's like, so I, cause I, I don't know, like, are you saying which one's like the formative one? Like what's your Batman parents getting killed? Is that uh, a specific sure, question? Sure, sure or, yeah. Like, yeah, Batman's I, not at open mics at one o'clock in the morning though. No, he's, <laughs> he's being a responsible citizen and channeling that into community service instead of talking about his dick. That's why Batman is a hero. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bat- Batman, Batman's at an open mic. You ever, yeah. you ever be fucking a bitch? Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, well, the well, Lego Batman would be a stand up. Lego yeah. Batman. Oh, yeah. Lego Batman is the best Batman. I, I, this is well, just Will Forte is so hilarious. Oh yeah, no, he's it, no one is okay. And uh, like, I was it Will Ornette? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, was, it was Will Ornette. Yeah, uh, I'm no, sorry, I said it wrong. That's cool. Yeah, no, like Will. <laughs> the best thing about Lego Batman is that they managed to create emotional intimacy as a Batman villain, which is the funniest shit. <laughs> <laughs> like that was this whole problem, like. <laughs> That and then the I remember the first time I saw it was in movie tavern and I managed to convince my parents to like I was like, No, I promise you you'll like Lego Batman and I was right. Um but when Killer Croc came in and like plugged something in and he went, I did something I just lost it and nobody else in the theater got it. <laughs> Dude, I've had moments <laughs> like that in movies too. Oh like, my god, yeah. Like uh, like um do you remember do you remember Orange County? Remember that movie? I saw it once. That um, it's like uh, they use that fucking uh, butterfly Hanks, song a lot. That right? Hanks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Colin Hanks and uh, Jack Black, right? Yeah, and Jack Black. Yeah. Uh, Catherine O'Hara played his mm-hmm. mom, and just at one point, she was playing drunk, and she held up a wine glass, and she's like, "I'd like to propose a toast." And that got me. So I don't know why, but it tickled the hell out of me. And yeah. everybody in the theater was like, this guy. What the fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> Yo, that happened to me when I saw The Ring uh, when the TV flies in out of nowhere and knocks her into the well. That was That's hilarious. Sorry. Like, I mean, Is- the rest of that movie was terrifying. Uh, like, on first watch in a movie theater, but like I really overreacted to a TV flying out of somewhere and knocking a person into a well. That's that's hilarious. Like <laughs> great TV bump. No, Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Nice bump. Nice. Nice bump, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go back to that question. <laughs> Oh yeah! What the? Oh my God! Am I avoiding talking about my trauma? What is this? Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> oh no! Um, uh, um, man. I mean, I think in general, just I've always been uh, like trying, like using comedy to get people away from me, just because I'm like so, like what, like if you're just like talking about like when I'm like a little kid or whatever I was like kind of uh, like fucked in the head and on a lot I was like on a lot of psych meds super early like I was put in child therapy super early and shit mm. so I was always like trying to avoid 
getting people to talk to me about my actual feelings because oh. that in my head, because I was like young enough, I was like seven mm. when I started going to therapy that I was just like, that's a doctor thing and not a people thing. So I, I was so using was it, funny was it, was a lot it, to kind of push people off. Clinical, like, clinical comedy in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, it was a prescribed funniness. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it was a defense mechanism a lot of the time. It's just because, like, I needed to be, like, because I just, in the 90s, um, that was when they started kind of crash testing psych meds on children. That was the whole, like, when the Riddle and South Park episode came out and all that, like, all of those things hit at once. And it was because, like, a bunch of pharma companies figured out that parents with neurodivergent children, they could start pushing shit on them. So mm-hmm. I was just it's one a ca- of those... your cash cow. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that was like, I was just one of those kids that was a victim to that. Um, and it made me really want to kind of deflect people a lot just because it was a thing where I'm just like, Oh no, if I'm like too sad all the time, they're going to take mm-hmm. me back to the doctor and they have to switch my meds. Right. Um, and it was just because they were not, it's the nineties. Right. They didn't it really was, know what they're doing was, yet. And they're just fucking prescribing the adder. Subconscious like, defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right. because I just like really needed people to think I was okay. Um, and if I'm just like funny, they leave you alone. Also, I figured out real early, funny people don't get bullied as much. You can mm-hmm. be real weird, but if you're funny, They'll want you to be around still. They might not ever want to get close to you or they might not want to fucking go to prom with you or shit like that. But they really need you to fuck alone. That, and that, was, that continued into high school. Like, I just was like, oh, I'm a Taekwondo student now. I have a black belt. Like, it doesn't matter how fucking weird you are. Nobody wants to fuck with you if you're running around with a black belt. You can be, I just, like, developed immunity because I was funny and I, I could clearly kick the shit out of whoever. <laughs> and then, you know, our... Did you wear your gi to school? I think that I would have a couple of times just as a time constraint thing because I was walking straight from there to the dojang. Um, Mm -hmm. But Korean says dojang. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Other than that, not really. I I mean, I dressed insane. I was a very, uh, I was pretty uh, textbook weeb. fucking attempting Harajuku and failing visibly, like, addressing like a fucking acid clown, um, and playing DDR non-stop mm. shit. Like, that's, that's where I was at. <laughs> I, I worked at an arcade where, um, DDR... Did you have a DDR? Which one? Um, Ultra, Ultra Zone. <laughs> oh my god, so you had the DDR Extreme Machine. Um, I, I used to go. Um, I, I never played it. I wasn't good. Yeah. I was, ne- I've never been good at any games. Mm. Also, I wouldn't play it cause I'm a sweaty boy. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, we would bring fucking towels. DDR nerd, <laughs> Philly DDR nerd subculture was a whole thing. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, went to UltraZone, UltraZone, no. Brunswick Zone, Nishamini Mall. Those were your spot. Those were who had the DDR machine. I worked at UltraZone. I worked at <laughs> yeah. UltraZone for, from, from when I was 16 to when I was like 24. Oh my like, God. Uh, yeah. I, my, it's, wow. it was so ingrained. I have that, a- thought about ultrazone god knows how it's not it's so ingrained into me it it's like my although wait hold on i might be getting shit mixed up ultrazone ultrazone is laser tag one so they might have had pump it up and not deep this is how much of a fucking nerd oh you're you're fat checking checking yourself (laughs) no no i was like no seriously (laughs) did you guys have the one with the nine buttons or did you have the four buttons that's actually i don't know 
But, but, uh, you can look on DDR free they probably still have it. Oh, man. People are going to give you so much grief for no, saying it wrong. Like, no. I, I was at that ultrasound. They had the pump it up version. Uh, shit, this this so bitch stupid. out here spreading bullshit. I'm so fucking self-aware of how stupid we were. But to be, in our defense of the gamer nerds at the time, we were the healthiest because we were just running in place. <laughs> For fun, for God knows how long a day at Nishamini Mall and just squatting around and taking turns doing that on the I, I love I love carpet. the I love the <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the nerds who would come in. I'm not, I'm not not shitting on nerds for sure. No, I'm one of them. But I would love the nerd, also, DDR nerds. Are nerds. Don't worry like, about it. Like they would come in and play DDR <laughs> for tons of time, but then yes. also bring with them their own air hockey shit mm-hmm. and then just like have their fingerless gloves on and just play air hockey yep. and then jump yep. on a DDR air hockey yep. DDR. <laughs> and the, the, yeah, no, that's all we did is we just tucker ourselves out and fucking go home and watch <laughs> anime. We ripped from LimeWire. That was, that was, <laughs> those were much fucking simpler times. Um, are, are we <laughs> the same age? How old are you? I'm 33. Okay. Yeah. You're a little younger than I am. But 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 for sure it 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 lines up. I bet. Yeah, and no, I, I definitely played. I remember Ultrazone is the indoor laser tag one that's like been straight through. It's a, it's, it? a, it's on Nishamini Boulevard. Nishamini, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, I know I went there at summer camps and shit too. So like, but it was the one that was like kind of like Halo on the inside, right? It was like yeah, cool one. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the good because I remember Ultrazone being the good laser tag, and then Brunswick Zone was the shitty one. Oh yeah, the, like, the 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 yeah. imitation. Yeah, but uh, Brunswick Zone had the real DVR machine in Ultrazone. Now I'm remembering it. This is just taking old, oh, yeah. irrelevant arcade bullshit. <laughs> um, but I worked at I worked at Ultrazone, and mm-hmm. then. Later on, I worked at Jillian's, and Jillian's also had a, D- oh a DDR game. God, I haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> I haven't heard it in Jillian's. Like, it just gave me like fucking. That was fucking Franklin Mills or something. Franklin yeah. Mills had yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Um, so... Holy fuck. Yeah, I just. But got I so had that, that song that was. I th- mm-hmm. Was it an offspring song? It was like, you're in your eyes when you're staring at the sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. song, all the time. I, it was always stuck in my head every day of work for, for, for ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. But no, Ultrazone Ultra Zone's fun, man. I always liked that uh, the, the trick was that you had to, because the green and the yellow light vest look the same, so you just, you just had to be red, because well, otherwise well, you could fuck up. Well, like, <laughs> my little sister, my little mm-hmm. sister, who is now 26, she mm-hmm. is the manager at Ultrazone. She's been there for like oh, 10 shit. years, and mm-hmm. they changed the color. Green isn't green anymore. It's blue. <gasps> oh, my God. So now... When she's, when she's like, she, up all the time. she was like, somebody puked in blue base. And I'm like, that doesn't exist. I don't blue know you're in it. She's like, yeah. talking about overly specific references. I'm like, yeah, the green and the fucking yellow lights on the ultrasound vest. God, they always look exactly the same. I would pop up every time I was but, red. But like the arena, the arena, the, yeah. the, uh, those sniper towers were fun as shit. The, I was so so 
aware of every part of it. Like mm-hmm. I knew every, like I would climb on everything while mm-hmm. games were going on. I would know yeah. all the best spots to go and mm-hmm. do like, yeah, I, I bet you, you, I was probably working at some of the times you were ever there. I'm sure. But I had it like was a, a lot of summer camp trips and then there's just like random shit, but that's like birthday parties and summer camp shit. Like, yeah, I, had to, I was yeah. in that area. I lived on Mechanicsville Road from oh. age like fucking three to seven or something like before I moved to Abington. Off nights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Oh, it's all making sense. It's all we lived, making sense. We lived yeah, on, night, we lived on nights right across from Jillian's. We lived on nights ro- like in those homes. Oh, man. Like, yeah. when, when I was Such from, a weird like, lost era of my life. Like, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't there super long. I was born in Trenton, and I lived in Trenton until, like, I was three years old. And then, like, three to seven, we were in Ben Salem, and then we were in Abington. Like, lots, of, lots of moving around. Lots yes, it sounds very similar to my life. Mm-hmm. What you you had both your parents? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I heard you say parents with an S. Parents. Yeah, no, parents. they're they're together. It's a it's a miracle. They're musicians and they've been together for like thirty years. It almost never happens. Um oh, like, wow. so, yeah. such a miracle. Yeah, they they met in music school in the seventies and now they are just retired and playing a bunch of hippie music. It's cute. It's what, so cute. <laughs> what kind of what kind of stuff like inspired you? Like what kind of person did you look at and go, I could be that. I could do that. I could. Oh, like Eddie Izzard and Dylan Moran. Mm-hmm. Or Moran. I've been pronouncing his name wrong for a long time. But yeah, weird shit like that. Um, my parents had me watching Monty Python and like it, 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 fucking Mel Brooks shit like super, super, super early. Like they're, they're 73. Um, I got into audio comedies. My dad used to play Frank Zappa in Fireside Theater for me. Um, and I've always wanted to do, like, I don't drop Fireside Theater as a reference. I try Night Vale and then give up when I'm talking about the Kate Spalker project. Like, I just either explain the pitch, drop Night Vale, but don't bring up Fireside Theater because that's 70s final shit. But <laughs> that but that kind of shit, um, it's like old-time radio and, like, weird bullshit that my dad used to feed me all the time as a kid definitely contributed. And then it's just, like, a lot of British comedy, um... I think I already said Monty Python, but yeah, I was. Do you, I, I do got you ever, do you ever sit around and think about how like nobody else has your story? Yes. About I mean, I I just are. know that. Yeah, yeah, no, I have like a, a insane origin story, and it goes back like my fucking like generation back. Like my grandparents and shit were weird too. Like I'm yeah. pretty purebred black sheep on <laughs> a lot of levels. Like, <laughs> well, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well, just, both of my grand- sets of grandparents were interfaith married. Like I'm not kidding. Like oh yeah, yeah. No, it'd be, both of my grandparents were one Christian person, one Jewish person. And, oh, and like, they, they got they got like excommunicated. Yeah, or they, yeah, or just like you know, like, cut shunned. off from their families. Mm-hmm. Like um, my one grandmother, um, she was Irish Catholic. She was engaged to a guy that was in World War II. She married a German Jewish immigrant. Um, and wrote a Dear John letter and broke it off with him and had all these babies cut off from her. Her, her whole family was Irish Catholic cops in Trenton. Um, so they're just not about that life. And then as an adult, we you know, it's just I want to talk about how like crazy my backstory is. You as an jump adult. Jump into your, into your 23 and me. Do you ever go? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you have no idea how 23 and me I'm about to get right now. Uh, my... 
mom got this Facebook message from someone that was like claiming to be uh, our grandmother's like given up child. And we were like, that sounds insane. But then my mom goes, hold on, I have a weird feeling about this. So she did the math and she went back to the actual physical photo albums and realized there were nine months of pictures fucking missing. <laughs> <laughs> and we go, oh my God. So we fucking, she has, Nanny had already passed away. So she had one surviving friend. So we went and talked to her, just like, uh, okay, Norma, did Mary have a secret baby? And she goes, oh, she made me promise to never tell anyone. Uh, so she had gotten like, sent to a convent, the whole shebang. And I, now I just, we have a family in Delaware. <laughs> out of nowhere like, Andy, Andy. <laughs> yeah it was fucking great yeah no we have and they're cool as shit but we just have this fucking sicilian family in delaware that just fucking popped up because they did some crazy shit with newspaper clippings uh, i was just i was just listening to like, rage against the machine today and, was, mm-hmm. and that just made me think of it when yeah. it was like they don't have to burn the pages they just remove them yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what they the photo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that is what happened. So I got, I have just like a couple more things, and uh, and then I'll send you off with a hot dog and a handshake. Oh yeah, right off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Okay, would I, would I always, what I always ask you is, um, before I, before I get into this question part, I just want to say uh, how great this has been, how fun this has been, and how much Thank I you. appreciate. Yeah, I'm having how a much great I, time. How much I appreciate hang. you. Yeah, almost okay. forgot this was a podcast. <laughs> I'm not, no, that's, that's a dick thing to say. But, uh, almost, no, it was a great hit. <laughs> uh, almost forgot. <laughs> that's a dick thing to say. No, I, no, I, I, yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't almost forget. I totally yeah. forgot. I thought we were just hanging out. <laughs> no, but how awesome it is that, mm-hmm. that you decided to, um, to spend some of this time with me and, and important, uh, important as it is when I was talking to you about the resources and, uh, and stuff being on the record, I just want to make sure I say to you on the record, because at one point this stuff is outliving both of us. Mm-hmm. So maybe at one point I won't be around to hear m- me say this and you can come back and hear it and be like, Oh, this is, this is, this is the beginning. This is when Corey, yeah. this is when Corey and I had our first cool long hang, which you know, yeah. hopefully, you know, there's this there's, is just the beginning. Yeah. That wasn't uh, just, you know, just, yeah, wanted, just not the uh, hour of wrestling talk prior right, to right, the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to be able to tell you how, how great this is. And I'm looking forward to us being resources in each other's lives. Yeah. And if, you know, if, if you ever want to like sit down and do like a joke writing session, or any of that, we can totally jump on here and do it again. Happy to do it off off the record. I mean, yeah, definitely off there. I don't know how much good listening that <laughs> right, would be. Right. But, that would not know. that would not be good content for people. Uh, no, <laughs> probably wouldn't be good content. But, but yeah, no, totally, yeah. But like I always said, it um, my when I first started this podcast, I was only like a, an episode or two in, mm-hmm. and my mom told me this story about how she had burnt these. Uh, CD. She birthed this, these voicemails that she had left on her phone from her mom and from her best friend, and uh, they had passed. And she was like, "You know how, like, when somebody passes away, you don't remember what their voice sounds like anymore." So I'd like to go back and listen to those, and just remember what their voices sound like. And I autom- automatically was like, "I don't ever want that. I don't ever want anyone to forget what my voice sounds like, and I don't mm-hmm. want people to forget the people who I am fascinated by." So. Uh, you're now on the record 
Yeah. And that that's what this this to me is. This is a little time stamp, which, you know, I started this podcast when I was 33. I'm 37 mm -hmm. now. So I'm like, I'm going to keep acquiring these fascinating conversations with people and let them know on the record how important it is that they decided to share some time with me. So <laughs> mm -hmm. thank you. And I want right, awesome. to give you the opportunity to ask me anything you want to ask me. Amen. 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 All right. <laughs> that that might you might think it'd be neat for this is uh you know our our timestamp on our first. Oh hand. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. You can't predict the future, or you can, but uh, it's up in the air. I don't know. Something <gasps> I, I had. I probably never had a thought to finish. But okay. Well, the, the thing, the thing that I, the thing that I'll say is, uh, like I said, how this is the timestamp. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to give you the opportunity for, uh, let's say, 2041. Someone stumbles across this audio. Somebody mm -hmm. who cares about you, you know, your best friend, your your parents, yeah, your your kids. If that happens one day, mm -hmm. so they come across this. And they want to they want to get it like a, a, a like a little message that comes right from 2021 mm -hmm. and they're listening to it right now. This is what I'm calling audio time travel. So okay. your message right directly to the people who love you in 2041. She died doing what she loved, taking a joke too far. Far too far. F-A-R-T. Fart. For those of you listening, I just took a, a, a gulp of beer for the exact length of time it took for me to start to stop talking and start speaking. Thank you. <laughs> stop, stop talking and start speaking. <laughs> so stop, stop doing the thing you're doing. No, that's that's, that's, that's so going that to be my fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that's definitely going to be the title of my interview podcast: "Stop Talking and Start Speaking." <laughs> stop! Stop! <laughs> stop swimming and start paddling. Yep. 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 So. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Uh, what I what I do to, to wrap up every episode is I usually. I usually say, hypothetically, I've gifted you this podcast. So mm -hmm. this has been your pilot episode of Evolving with Hannah Harkness. And in a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, we're going to wrap this whole conversation up in a pretty little bow and tell people how they can, or not tell people, but advise people on how they can be a, a better version of themselves tomorrow as they are, as they are today. Um. <clears throat> And then, and then, just to keep it silly, uh, then just to keep it silly, do your best Alf impression and say, "Hey, Willie." Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, find one thing a day that you are definitely lying to yourself about. It might be incredibly painful, but it's these lies that make it hard to look in the mirror at the end of the night. So you'll want to, you'll sleep a little bit better every day. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know oh, what we say. I mean, why, did, why didn't you open with that? That's the deepest shit ever. 
you know, because at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is sleep, right? Now, can you sleep when you're just lying to yourself? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sincerity is not lost on you. No. <laughs> Was I supposed to say some shit about Alf? Yeah, do do your best Alf impression. And Um, say, hey, Willie. I'm a puppet. I I don't have anyone to animate me right now. I'm in the corner. Hey, Willie. (laughs) 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 See this this hand? Let, I just did backstage Alf because I don't know how to Backstage Alf. <laughs> backstage Alf. <laughs> I, I had recently recently watched like the second episode of Alf. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, I did it, I did it on here uh, w- with my friend Renee. And mm-hmm. we were so freaked out by the fact that every time it showed Alf, like when he was running away, it was mm-hmm. like, it was just a little person with like a, Alf head. It just looked like a dead head oh, wow. hanging off the side of his head. Mm. I was like, oh, that's just traumatizing. I wouldn't even. Dude, um, did, did one time Joe Murdoch came up at Comedy is Liberty and just went on a rant about how uh, on, when Alf was on TV, the episodes were one length, but when they were on the DVD set, it was a shorter length, and then there's like all these hundreds of missing minutes of Alf, and he sounded genuinely upset. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Give me back missed, my scenes! Again, want... Comedy's Liberty was the best mic that ever lived. Nobody, he what never would have done that somewhere else. What a hill to die on, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've definitely got to do this again, for yeah, sure. for sure. And, um, if we can, if we can do it, something where we're like doing comedy together somewhere, let's absolutely be resources yeah, to each other. Yeah, for sure. Or like uh, the wrestling stuff, like mm-hmm. for sure. Let me know when you start going to that place in the Bronx. I'll I'll come up. And- oh, I'm actually going to start at Technique Two Training in Williamsburg. We were just like kind of before the pandemic, we were fucking around up there. But there's an MMA gym now where all of my friends go. So now that I'm vaccinated, once I'm back from, uh, I'm going to be in Philly for a couple of weeks, and then uh, just see my parents now that I'm vaccinated, and then. When I come back, I start wrestling school. All right. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm about to get I'm about to get vaccinated myself. So yeah. once once I get all the way done, come up that, to Williamsburg. And I'll come up to Williamsburg and I'll get in the ring and I'll show you some stuff because yeah. I may have a little bit of expertise. I don't know. Fuck yeah, and uh, yeah, no MB uh, MB also teaches at that school. Okay, too. good. Like, cool. Yeah, cool. A, yeah, a lot of people come through, but yeah, it's 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 really fun. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well. Any any last things you wanna you wanna put out there? Like, um, I I've been talking about my projects, but you know I'm at Park underscore It's Hannah on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, Kate's Bunker is going to be dropping on New Queer Order podcast within the next or New Queer Order podcast network in the next couple of months, and then uh, Brooklyn Battle Comedy we make movies. Uh, our Indigo campaign's going up soon, but it's at BrooklynBattleComedy.com, and it should be dropping on IWTV in June. Are you happy? I am so happy. I have no idea how my writing career took out during a period of legal disease, but we're just going to roll with it. I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. I'll continue to be have your back. All be right. on the team. Hell yeah. Be fun. Likewise. High five, guy. Be fun. Have safe. Keep All evolving. Right. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs>